Hi folks and welcome to the Thanksgiving Day special of the Survival Podcast. This show is based on an original broadcast that was done from my car. Everything you're about to hear was done from memory and a couple note cards while doing about 65 to 75 miles an hour down the highway weaving in and out of traffic. One day before Thanksgiving back on November 26, 2008. Over the years, many of the people in the forums took different uh, episodes of the podcast and put them into transcripts, and this was one of the first one that was ever put into a transcript, and so I'll be reading from that transcript in just a moment. A couple of years ago, I did this, and when I did it, I, I did it because the original one from the car had been remastered and remastered, and it had just lost its audio quality, and it was always subpar audio quality to begin with because it was some from such early days of the show. Again, all the way back to 2008. So I decided to go ahead and redo it this time around. And if you're listening to this, it, it could be 2018 or it could be 2028. My, my hope with this episode is that I'm so happy when I'm done with it this time around that it just becomes the one I can rerun every year without touching. I just change the episode number on it. I do try to really relax for our holidays. Um, the family holidays for me have always been a big thing, and I'll tell you what it goes back to. When I was coming up in the world originally professionally, I was in the world of telecommunications. And I worked long hours, a, a routine you know, shift without any extra hours added to it, just... A typical thing that I might have done back in the day was, you know, I'd leave my home um, Sunday morning, get to work, work about 7 o'clock uh, Sunday evening to begin my work. And I'd work 7 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'd do that all week and get off at 7 o'clock in the morning Friday and drive home. Uh, of course, by the time I did that from a place like Houston or New Orleans going back to Dallas, that had eaten up most of the day and I'd need to sleep and um, there was a lot of things that I did like that over the years, working uh, additional jobs, contracting, etc. And with telecommunications, you generally work a lot of time when you're doing extra hours at times when other people don't work. Uh, the middle of the night, especially this is going back in the day when people actually use things like landline telephones, where you might be taking circuits down and stuff like that. But one of the things that we did do during that time is we always had a shutdown between Christmas and New Year's. Even though that would be kind of a good time, you would think to do that, but it really isn't because everybody's on the phone. Again, this is back in the days of landline telephone. And it just became a tradition for me. It became something I could rely on that, you know, my Thanksgiving holiday and my Christmas and New Year holiday, I could count on having them. So I decided that that was a time to spend with my family. So I try to set up these holiday shows so that I can still do those shutdowns today, spend them with my family, and I hope that you do something similar in whatever way that you can to make this time of year special with your family and your friends. With that in mind, let's go on back to the original uh, survivalist view of Thanksgiving, uh, first published the day before Thanksgiving in 2008. Here we go. First of all, the traditional view is in 1621, a bunch of pilgrims got together with a bunch of Indians and had a great big feast. They had turkey, gravy, and mashed potatoes. All the pilgrims were dressed in black and white. They had big buckles on. It's not far off, but here's some problems with it. 
One, they didn't have mashed potatoes. They didn't grow potatoes in the northern colonies that first year. And number two, they didn't have buckles. You know, all those little kids and buckles and school plays and stuff. Buckles didn't get into the fashion until the 1700s. There's no buckles. They were wearing black and white, but that was because they had the feast on a Sunday. And the pilgrims wore black and white on Sundays. It was what they called their formal attire. They didn't always run around in black and white while they were working in the fields and hunting and fishing and farming. It's a myth. Women mostly wore colors like reds, greens, and tans. The men wore colors like tans, grays, greens, tweeds, beiges. So they weren't always running around in big top hats with buckles on and gaiters and things like that. So it's a myth. It's not a big myth, but it's a myth. Turkey? They probably did have that. The original recorded journal entry of Thanksgiving says they shot as much fowl as they could. That would have probably been a lot of ducks and geese that time in New England. Another belief is they had this holiday the third week of November. They didn't. It was somewhere between the end of September and the beginning of October that they had the original Thanksgiving. If you've ever been to New England, well, you'll know why. Now here's the big myth that they had this first Thanksgiving feast, and immediately it became a tradition, an original American tradition. And every year thereafter, year there, year thereafter they continued to have this holiday, uh, and that as the United States evolved and grew, wherever Americans went, wherever the colonists went, the holiday went with them. And that's just not how it happened at all. You see, they didn't even have the feast the second year, It didn't happen the second year because the colony was ravaged with a lot of problems, diseases, and crop failures. And other colonists came, and those other colonists didn't immediately pick up the holiday. But over time, as people began to settle the United States, primarily initially into the northeast United States and in the Virginia colony, which ran from like the Hudson River area of New York down to what is Virginia today, uh, that whole thing was called the Virginia Company. And as this started to spread, and what I mean by spread is just that, people started to spread out, started to set up actual permanent places to live, building farms, starting to live normal lives, at least for the period and the time. The tradition of Thanksgiving, going back to the original meal, began to be created. And people began to sit down at the end of the harvest season. Sometimes there was some formality in certain regions, in certain areas, we're going to do it on this day or We're going to do it on that day, but there was no official holiday. And certainly there was no colony-wide holiday. It was just something people kind of did. And they did tell stories, and that's how the whole tradition of the original Pilgrims and Indians Thanksgiving got kept. It became part of history because people did tell that story by word of mouth. And they would sit down at the end, once they had put everything away for the year, and finish making their winter preparations. What does that remind you of? The ant and the grasshopper? Modern survivalism? Well, that's exactly what it was, folks. That's exactly what Thanksgiving was in its origination. People would get ready for winter. They worked all spring. They worked hard all summer. They worked hard in the beginning of the fall. They put everything down in the root cellar. They did everything they possibly could. They went hunting. They went fishing. They stacked up the meat in the larder. They did everything they could to get ready because they knew, especially if you've ever experienced a winter in Connecticut or 
New Jersey or Massachusetts or Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, upstate New York, then you understand what they were getting ready for. Brutal cold and short days. They didn't have greenhouses, folks, no ability to grow anything, and the game would even get scarce about December because it would be hard to find because it would go hole up somewhere to keep itself warm. And it would have to travel long distances, so it wouldn't congregate anymore. So it would be hard to even go out and harvest anything at that point. Besides, it was too damn cold. So hopefully they had enough wood chopped, they had enough food put in the larder, they had enough food in the root cellar, Remember, they didn't have refrigerators, freezers, or electricity. But when they, when they got everything as done as they could, they sat back, they came together, and had a great big meal. I want you to think about something that most people will never, ever think about today. What they had done is put away enough that they hoped would be enough. And often people were quite hungry by the time the first days of spring started to come around. Sometimes the winter could go longer and it'd be later in the season before you could plant crops. Sometimes you start your crops, you know what happened? A late frost would come in and put you back three, four, five weeks. That's a long time to go without food. So you would think that after they put all this food away, they would immediately begin rationing their food. This is how much of what we have today. This is how much of what we'll have for tomorrow. We have to plan for the future. People that put that much planning and effort in preparing for winter, you'd think that's what they would do. And folks, it's the way we lived for 99% of the time back then, except for Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, they covered the table with food. And it was, at times, it was a three-day event. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and then you went to church on Sunday. And they would have relatives and friends, and anybody that didn't have real close family to go be with would be invited into the home if they were a family or friend. And food would be shared. People would eat just like we do today until they couldn't move. You know what that was? It was Thanksgiving. It was also a reassurance that we're going to be okay. We've been good ants. We've worked hard enough. We're going to make it through the winter. We will be here to see spring. It's okay to enjoy the fruits of our labor and our efforts. It's okay to share with others. It's okay to be grateful for all that we have. It will be enough. I sure wish that instead of just teaching our children in school about Indians and the pilgrims and the fake buckles, that maybe a little bit more of that was going into our education system. A little bit more of an understanding that when people 200 years ago, 300 years ago, sat around a table and ate that much food and shared with that many people at one time, that it wasn't like today where if you needed more food, you went to Kroger or you went to Publix or you went to Winn-Dixie. Those guys are even still in business, I'm not sure. Or Albertsons or whoever. There wasn't anything like that. In many of the colonies, there wasn't even a lot of stores around in any kind or shape. It would be you'd have to get on a horse and ride for a day just to pick up a couple sacks of grain for some extra provisions to make it through. And what if you had to do that in the winter because you ran out in the winter and the snowdrifts were six feet high? That's how it was. We were still in the tail end of the Little Ice Age, folks. During the 1700s and 1800s, early 1800s were cold. 
long, cold winters, colder than you can imagine. But they had a feast. They had a feast. The main purpose of the feast, besides being thankful, was to reassure the family, to reassure everybody, we're going to make it through winter. We're going to see spring. It's an amazingly optimistic view of the holiday that many people would like to go back and read, write history, have tried to tear down. But let me tell you a little bit more about Thanksgiving and why we should be thankful that there is even a Thanksgiving day today. The first official declaration of Thanksgiving was by George Washington in 1789, but it was not made a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln did it in the middle of the Civil War. He was looking for a way to unify the nation, so he officially set a date of the third Thursday in November as Thanksgiving Day. After the Civil War was over, Thanksgiving was largely not celebrated in the entire southern United States. You know what? It was viewed as a, quote, damn Yankee holiday, end quote. And it was only over time as people began to relocate and wounds between the states began to heal The people of the South were willing to accept the holiday as an American holiday instead of a Northern holiday. Somebody then tried to monkey with our holiday. His name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And I'm sorry, I think I said that Lincoln set the holiday for the third Thursday in November. It was the fourth Thursday in November, which is it is today. I made that mistake, so I'm sorry. But it was Roosevelt who then moved it from the fourth Thursday to the third Thursday. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody mess with the Thanksgiving tradition? Well, what does everybody do on Friday after Thanksgiving? Well, they go shopping. You'd like to believe it was different during the Great Depression. It wasn't. People went shopping on Black Friday during the Great Depression, so Roosevelt thought if he moved Thanksgiving back a week, it would add one week to the Christmas shopping season and help spur the economy. Eventually, people got pissed off and complained about it, and it got moved back to where it is today, the fourth Thursday. That's how it became that day, and that's how it was put back on that day, and that's how it's been ever since. And I think one of the things we really need to understand about the spread of Thanksgiving through the United States is how it was commensurate with healing of the wounds between the states from the Civil War. And I think if you're 10 years younger than me, maybe my generation was the last to really see it for what it was. And I'm glad that it is gone. And I'm glad that it's dead. But I think we need to remember it so we can understand what a great nation we actually form today. Because sometimes... I get real hard on our government, and I'll continue to do it, folks. You'll tune back in. You'll hear me tearing up a senator or the president or a chief justice for stepping on our Constitution. But overall, we have a pretty great country. And what I remember when I was a child, a very young child, I'm talking kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and I moved from Pennsylvania to Florida with my family. My grandfather and his friends in Pennsylvania would always tell me, quote, you're down there with them damn rebels. And the kids that I went to school with would sometimes call me a damn Yankee until I picked up a Florida accent. And it wasn't like it is today. I hear people call people Yankees today, and generally when you hear somebody call somebody a damn Yankee today, 
It's because you're putting them down for being uh, big government taxes spend liberal from Massachusetts or something like that. Or it's kind of like a Texas joke. Well, Yankees, where do they come from? They come from Oklahoma, anything north of Red River. You know, that's the real Mason-Dixon line, in our opinion, down here. But there's a joke, and there's joviality to it. I saw, as a kid, some of the last vestiges of true animosity that was held over by my grandfather's generation and the generation before him that handed it down. I saw that. I saw it for what it was. And I saw, at the same time, the last vestiges of true racism in this country, where we were busing students for integration purposes and things like that, and there was resistance to it, and all these other things. It was the tail end. It was the late 70s and early 80s, and that stuff's gone and behind us now. But a lot of that healing, a lot of that unifying went right along with the spread of Thanksgiving as it slowly made its way through the United States. What I'm saying to you folks is in 1880, if you lived in South Georgia, you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. You didn't even notice. You didn't even care. If you had a kid in college up north, he'd write you a letter about it, and you were like, yeah, you're with that damn Yankee holiday. And today Thanksgiving is celebrating all 50 states. And it's one of the first American traditions that's uniquely American. That legal immigrants and even illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants, let me be fair, that come to our country, adopt as one of their own. Everybody that comes here seems to grab on to Thanksgiving as something special. It's one of the most unifying things in America, and it's why I get disgusted when people try to tear it down. And on Thanksgiving Day, we should not just get together and eat food and be thankful for the bounty in front of us. We should think of other things that we're thankful for. So I ask you to pause today and just think, what are you thankful for? As you continue to prepare for an unknown future and try to make your life better, whether it gets bad or it doesn't, living the show credo as you continue to be like an ant, like those brave people before us that were preppers and survivalists and didn't even know that's what it was called. It was just living back then. Think about all the things that make your life easier. The fact you can turn a switch and a light bulb will come on. The fact that if you're cold, there's a little box on your wall and you can turn it up. And if you're hot, you can turn it down. And it'll change the temperature of your home. The fact that a person like me is free to get on the internet and blast his government and sometimes support it, and no one shows up at my house to take me away. That you're free to listen to it and no one shows up at your house and takes you away. That you're free to go to any church, temple, or synagogue that you want to worship God in. It's your choice, and you're free to do that, or you're free to not do that. The freedom to do so and the freedom to not do so is something that long ago became uniquely American. It's prevalent in many places in the world today, but people often think of the Puritans and the pilgrims being deeply religious And they held their own community to deeply religious standards. But they didn't try to force that onto other communities. They, they really didn't. It's a misnomer. They did try to spread it among the Indians, and that didn't work out real good. But you know, nobody's perfect. Think about how grateful you should be that you can walk up to a police officer in this nation and ask for help and get it. 
Because there's places where people so fear their police, they would never go to a police officer for help. Think about how grateful you are that despite the fact that our education system needs a massive overhaul, at least everyone learns how to read that wants to in this country. And that's true. No matter how bad you want to put down the education system, any kid that goes to our schools, any of them, even the crappiest schools, that wants to learn to read, to write, and to do basic math, they'll come out with that education. There's places in the world where you can't buy that education. Be grateful for all that we have. And just remember that unique part of Thanksgiving that no one ever talks about, that I talked about to you earlier. Just remember when people 200 years ago sat down to a massive banquet, it wasn't just patting themselves on the back. It wasn't just being thankful. It was we know. We know winter's almost here. We know that the last day that the sun is really going to warm our faces is over for a while. We know we're going to go into a darkness. We know we're going to go into a time where there's not very much. But we're also going to feast. And we're not going to ration today or tomorrow or the next day. We're going to feast for three days because we know we'll see spring. And folks... There could be no better time to think of that than today. Because today our nation is headed for some very tough times. Our government has pumped tons of phony money into our economy. They've done it. There's no way to pull it back out now. It's already happened. Right now we're seeing prices on some things come down, but prices on everything eventually will go up. They have to. You can't just put trillions of dollars into an economy without devaluing money. It it just can't be done. We're going through dark times. But even while you're preparing, even while you're saving, even while you're prepping, I want you to stop, not just on Thanksgiving, but every once in a while. I want you to stop. I want you to gather around your family, your friends, people that don't have other people. I want you to sit down. And I want you to feast. It doesn't always have to be with food. Sometimes it can be with words. Sometimes it can be with activities. But every once in a while, I just want you to splurge on yourself with emotion and even money. And certainly with food. And just enjoy it. And make it something special. And make it part of remembering that even though you have to be smart about how you spend what you have. To be smart on how you store You have to be smart on how you work, on how you save. That every once in a while, you need to remind yourself that spring will come and you're going to be there to see it. That's really all I have for you today. This has been Jack Spierko with a Thanksgiving edition of the Survival Podcast. Hoping today that I've helped you figure out how to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't.